the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch, and we're glad you are joining us tonight. The difficult times we live in begs the question, where is God during our most challenging times? We believe the more the world becomes chaotic, the more we need to draw closer to God and learn to trust in Him. The Bible is our source for all things that sustain us as Christians. Philippians 4-7 tells us that we can have the kind of peace that transcends all understanding, even when the world seems to be completely out of control. Over the next 30 minutes, Pastor Dudley Rutherford is going to share a message meant for everyone listening right now. We know it is no accident you are with us tonight, for God orchestrates all things perfectly. So let's join Pastor Dudley right now with tonight's message. There are three major stories here. There's three of them. And you need to understand all three of these today. The first story is the Passover preparations. And as we come to verse 12, Mark 14, verse 12, today's Thursday, the religious elite are well into formulating their plans. And before this night is over, Jesus will be arrested and handed over to the Romans. So this is the last night that Jesus has with his disciples. As they ate that meal, that Passover meal, which was on the first night of the Feast of the Unleavened Bread, everything they ate had something to do with remembering the story of the exodus and then at the conclusion they would read and sing the hymns the psalms 113 through 118 and they celebrated and they have worshiped that they were delivered 1300 years ago he says in verse 18 the bible says while they were reclining at the table eating he said i tell you the truth one of you sitting around this table will betray me one who is eating with me this is called the bitter betrayal where jesus actually tells them himself one of you sitting around this table is going to betray me in verse 19 it says they were saddened and the disciples all said surely not i surely not i surely not i surely not i all 12 of them so jesus says this in verse 20 he goes oh it's one of the 12 and it's the one who dips bread into the bowl with me oh it's a bittersweet moment it's bittersweet you know they should have been looking backwards but instead jesus is looking to the cross which they don't know this but it's just a few hours from now and he hopes they never forget the bitterness when jesus himself will go to the cross and he will die and he will have nails driven through his hands and through his feet there'll be a crown of thorns placed upon his brow a spear would be thrust into his side 
and we see all that that Jesus suffered, it is so bitter and yet it's sweet because it was through his suffering that all of us have been saved. Look at verse 21. He says, the Son of Man will go just as it has been written about him. But woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better if he had not ever even been born. You see, the ultimate pain is when one turns his back on Jesus. Don't do it. Don't betray Jesus. Follow Jesus with all of your heart. So we have the Passover preparations. That's the first part. The second part of this bitter betrayal. But then we come to the third part, which is the sacrificial supper. We come to what's called the Lord's Supper. Some people call it the Last Supper. Now you should know. We know it as communion. They were participating in the Passover meal. Jesus took bread. He gave thanks. He broke it. He said, take it. This is my my body. Now, Jesus spoke Aramaic. He did not speak English. And the word is, that verb, is not in the Aramaic language in this verse. He did not say, this is my body. What he said was this in Aramaic. He said, take, take my body, my body, my body. It's for you. It's broken for you. This is the bread of life. This is Jesus. It's a... It's symbolic of Jesus. It's it's the fact that he offered up his life for you. It's the truth of how you were set free from your sins. That Jesus was willing to be broken and to lay down his life. It's symbolic of his love and his sacrifice for each and every one of us. The bread is symbolic of his body. Write this down. The juice is symbolic of his blood. You have his body and you have his blood that he shed. Now he's he's in the middle of the Passover meal. He's towards the end of it. And the Bible says in verse 23, he took the cup and he gave thanks and he offered it to them. And who drank it? Who drank it? They all drank it! Even that guy holding the bag with the 30 pieces of silver drank it. They all drank it. And he says these words in verse 24, this is my blood. Now, it's just, it's, it's wine, but he says, this is my blood of the what? Of the covenant, which is poured out for who? For many, write this word down, it's the key word, the word salvation. Stay with me. He's instituting a new covenant. 
Up to this point, it was the old covenant, the law, 613 laws. The Jewish people, in order for you to be saved, you've got to follow the 613 laws. Ain't no Jewish person here obeyed all 613 laws. And the only way you can be saved is if you obey those 613 laws. All the 613 laws do is prove you can't keep the 613 laws. That's the old covenant. Jesus, now don't forget, they don't know this, but just in a few hours, he's going to die on a, on a cross. And he's telling them, I'm going, this is the last meal. He's hoping they put this all together. Uh, I, I pour out a, a new, co- it's a new covenant, a new covenant that will be for all people. It's no longer the old covenant. The old covenant is now irrelevant. Now that matters is the new covenant. And the new covenant is all built on the blood of Jesus Christ. And you putting your faith in Him. That's what the Hebrew writer says in Hebrews chapter 10. i just read you these two verses. It says, day after day, every priest stands. This is the old covenant. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties again and again and again and again and again. He offers the same sacrifices again and again and again, which can never take away sins. But when this priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. Now, most of you know, at least you should know, that the bread represents his body and the juice represents his blood. How many of you knew that? You had some general, you had some general thought of that. You should know that because we do it every single week here. But you have to remember this in its context. Everybody say context. Now this is the, this is the most difficult part to understand, but stay with me. You'll be glad you came. You'll stay with me. It's the Feast of the Unleavened Bread. They're meeting to celebrate when they were delivered. It's the first night. It's called Passover. They're eating this menu. The menu's there in your box. What were those four cups of wine for? They drank four cups of wine to remember the four promises that God made all the way back in Exodus chapter 6, verse 6 and 7. They drank the four cups to recall... What Jesus or what God told them back in all the way back for us 3,300 years ago. They drank cup number one. Cup one. Say cup one. Here are the words. Therefore, this is all the way back in Exodus. Therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. Oh, let's drink to that. Cup two, I will free you from being slaves to them. You'll no longer be a a slave. Ho, 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 ho. Let's drink to that. That's cup number two. Cup three, the promise was I will redeem you with an outstretched arm. In other words, I'm not just going to set you free. I'm going to restore you. I'm going to bring you back to your homeland. I'm going to bring you out of Egypt and I'm going to put you back in the promised land. I'm going to restore you. Oh, let's drink to that. And look at the fourth cup. I will take you as my own people and I will be your God. Oh, let's drink to that. 
Now here's something you don't know, you need to know. There was a timing element. During the Passover meal, there is a timing element. And I want to tell you when they drank the four cups. Cup number one. They drank at the start. When everybody showed up. Hey, everybody's here! Cup one. Now you just don't show up and eat. You show up and there's activities. Amen? We're here to have a good time. We've been set free. We're no longer slaves. Oh, this is going to be a great night of celebration. They would start with cup one. Cup two was when they sat around the table and they got ready to serve the Passover meal and go over the details of that story at the beginning. All right, we're getting ready to start the meal. Let's drink cup number two. Cup number three was at the end of the meal. After they had told all the stories and drank all the food, ate all the food, they would drink the third cup, signifying the meal was over. Just kind of wash everything down. Get that bittersweet taste out of my mouth. Amen? Then they would sing some psalms, read the hymns. And the last thing they did before they left, they'd get everybody together and drink cup number four. Now what you need to know, said all that to say this, when Jesus picks up that cup, it's the third cup. It's at the end of the Passover meal. They haven't dismissed yet. In fact, the next verse says they sing song, They haven't sung the hymns yet, so they haven't even got to the fourth cup. They're in the third cup. And go back and look at that chart. What is the, where's the third cup? What is that third cup called? It's the cup of redemption. And Jesus is saying, I'm going to initiate a new covenant that starts... It's going to start tomorrow. He couldn't tell that. It's start, I'm going to start a new covenant. I'm going to pour out my blood. And you will be redeemed with an out stretch arm and by the mighty acts of God you will be redeemed He never drinks the fourth cup. Don't be sad. Don't be sad. Look what he says in verse 25. He says, I tell you the truth. I will not drink again. I'm not drinking that fourth cup now. I'm not going to drink it until the fruit of the vine, until that day when I drink it anew in the kingdom of God. And the point that I want you to see is this. When we take communion, we are participating in the third cup. It's the cup of redemption. And in one sense, the Passover meal that Jesus celebrated with the disciples in that upper room 2,000 years ago never concluded. It's still going on. When we take communion, we are, yes, 
We're looking back to what Jesus did on the cross. But ladies and gentlemen, we are looking forward to that moment where we will take the fourth cup and we will all be together and conclude with all of the saints of all of the ages sitting around the throne of God. We will then participate in the fourth cup with the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Now, as we conclude, there's one point that's often overlooked in this whole story. It's the first night of the Feast of the Unleavened Bread. They've taken the Passover meal. They're all thinking back. Everybody's happy. Jesus shocks them and says, one of you will betray me. You will all fall away. And then he tells them. He lifts up that third cup. And he's saying, I'm going to shed my blood for the atonement of the sins of the world. In other words, stay with me. They're sitting around that table. And he says, even though one of you is going to betray me, and one of you will deny me that you even know me, and you will all fall away, I I want you to remember this night. that I love you. Whatever your sin, even if you betray me, I want you to know that I'm going to die for you. I mean, you look around the table, there's some sketchy people sitting around that table. Peter's going to curse and deny the Lord three times. Judas is holding on to the bag of the 30 pieces of silver that very moment. Matthew is a cheating tax collector. James and John were sons of thunder. Thomas is there. He's a doubter and a skeptic. They're all going to fall away. Jesus was hanging out that night with some sketchy, flawed people. And yet he says to them, in spite of your flaws, I'm going to die for you. I I would have said, Judas, why don't you get out of here? i got some things I want to share with the guys that care about me. That's what I would have said. And I want you to look around this room today. Looking all over this room, there are some sketchy people in this room. There are some flawed people in this room. There, There are some broken people in this room. In one way or another, one way or another, we have all betrayed the Lord. We have all betrayed Him. Yet, whatever your sin, whatever your sin, He loves you. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't minimize your sin. He died on the cross for your sins. Sometimes I feel the wretchedness of my own sin. And I'm disgusted. But when I sense the wretchedness of my own sin, it only magnifies the love that God has for me that in spite of my sin, He still sent Jesus to die on that cross You see, so often there are many people who are here, they're here today, they think, well, my sin is too great. God could never love anybody like me. He loved Judas. He died for Judas. 
He died for the man who betrayed him for 30 pieces of silver. And if he will do that for Judas, guess what? He will do that for anybody in this room. There is only one sin that he will not forgive. Only one. His blood covers every sin except one. And that is the person who rejects Jesus and his spirit. So that says, I don't care who you are, whatever sin you've committed, you can come today and God will forgive you. He loves you. He sent Jesus to die for you on a cross. The only sin that will not be forgiven is the person here who rejects Jesus Christ and his spirit. And we're going to stand and we're going to pray and we're going to offer you a chance to come. I want to give those a chance who, who are in this room who want to come and say, I, I, I want to put my life under the blood of the Lamb. I need that third cup, the cup of redemption. Let's stand and bow our heads for just a word of prayer. Just a quick word. Let's stand. Father, bless this invitation all over this room. There are men and women here today whose lives and families and household are not underneath the blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, they're good people. They do good things. They pay their taxes. They do a lot of good things in the community, but they're not under the blood of the Lamb. And Lord, I pray as we sing this chorus, if there be anyone in this room that is not a Christian, that they would come today and put their faith and trust in the only thing, the only one who can redeem them. The blood of that covenant that Jesus goes and he dies on that cross once for all time so that we here today might be saved. We ask in Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. If you're like me, you've discovered there are some books in the Bible that are not always easy to navigate through. Like for instance, the book of Proverbs. Proverbs contains 31 chapters and can be very daunting to go through if you are looking for a specific topic. That's why Pastor Dudley has created the perfect resource to help you with the book of Proverbs. It's called Proverbs in a Haystack, and it is our special offer for everyone listening today. Proverbs in a Haystack removes the challenge of searching through the book of Proverbs. It has over 2,000 topics that easily cross-reference to the exact chapter and verse you are looking for. This invaluable resource can be yours right now 
for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus radio ministry. You can receive your copy of Proverbs in a Haystack by calling us at 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also order this book directly from our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. We know you will be blessed by this unique resource created exclusively by Pastor Dudley. So be sure to call right now and ask for your copy of Proverbs in a Haystack today. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us tomorrow at this same time as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.